space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we're back talking about the second episode now of Lower Decks, Keishon, His Eyes Open. Which I, I predicted when we watched the trailer that Keishon was going to be my new favourite character. And I quite enjoyed <laughs> him. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think they did a few too many uh, Democ references with what he came out with. Yeah. I mean, that that they could have come out with that they could have thought of some of the own metaphors instead of yeah like I mean I know it's it it it's it's fan service but I felt like it was too much fan service yeah like we we talked about it didn't we and we joked about his Rapunky when he joined the seven a reference to the boys yeah. apparently it's not and we we were speculating like you know is he going to have all these pop culture references but you're right apart from. That first one, that Rapunky one that we've no idea what it means. The rest of it, like you say, was pretty much all taken from Darmok. So yeah, maybe though, if he's going to stick around a while, we might get a few more of them, and we yeah, might might it, start to explore it, them. It's hard to say because I don't know if you've noticed in the titles. But um, how do you pronounce his name? Fred um, Chiresco, who plays played sax in season one, right? Even though they've redone all the titles, his name is still in the titles. Could he be? Maybe is he voicing someone else? Because well, um, I looked at all. I looked up on IMDb and I can't, and they haven't listed him as voicing somebody. But as when we looked at the trailer, there's a, a shot oh, in the trailer him. that yeah, looks yeah. like he's there. Yeah. So I wonder if he's going to come back. Maybe he is. Yeah. I, I don't know how that. Maybe it'll be a transporter accident well, again now that. Well, we're... we do know that. Um, Star Trek has got a thing of um, death isn't actually the, the final thing with Star Trek. No, not always. Not always. We've got a few <laughs> come back. But, yeah, so Keishon, I do, I do enjoy him. He might not be my new favourite character just yet, but we'll, um, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how he gets on. So this one then, and I have to say, I think I enjoyed this more than the first episode this season. And I think I enjoyed the first episode a bit more. Right, okay. Yeah. But that's maybe because I was... I get really excited with something new starting. Oh, I do as well, yeah. But and I think I can look at a lot of things, and even though second episodes might be a lot better than premieres or first episodes... I always enjoyed the first episodes because I've been anticipating it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I think this one just re- I, I just really like the start the the main story. I think it's got this one. well. I think it's got two good stories going. It here. has definitely, and we get a lot more like, Boimler. I I think it's I think you could quite easily argue it because we normally say the A and the B plot. But I think you could quite easily say here it's just two A plots. Oh, yeah, it's, it is a pretty much even split between the two. And, yeah, we finally get Boimler and we get a bit more of the Titan and everything. And um, we didn't get Marina Sirtis, Councillor Troy. We were no. expecting her, but, yeah, we just got... Uh, we, in fact, we 
we met some of the like the lower decks on the Titan, but we didn't get to know the main crew really. Well, they they were his bridge crew. Well, were these bridge crew that Boimler went with? Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. I was thinking they were sort of the yeah. Well, it was um, typical Star Trek fashion of uh, of what we're seeing in the original. Well, pretty much everything. Yeah, where the bridge crew go on all the missions. Yeah. And but it, like, was, it was his bridge crew. If anyone who's listening or watching the streams or um, on the Facebook group or anything, if any of you have read the Titan novels, can someone let us know if the characters that were seen in Lower Decks on the Titan match up with the ones in the novel? Just out of curiosity, because I've, yeah. I've never read any of the Titan I've novels. I've not read any of the Titan novels, so, but... Like, looking at how good Mike McMahon is at picking up things, yeah, I'd be very surprised if it isn't the same. So would I, and, like, the design of the Titan is absolutely what was on the front of the books and what's in Star yeah. Trek Online and everything, so... <clears throat> a bit like they're doing with Star Wars now, I like how every so often they'll dip into the extended universe and make something canon that's always been there. And yeah, I know we, I, I don't want to upset any Star Wars fans. I know that it was all canon, and then Disney changed it, and then it wasn't. I'm yeah, talking it became to, Legends. I'm and, talking about but you've got um, Star Wars canon. Dave, Dave Filoni is probably the best thing to happen to Star Wars, apart from George Lucas writing it in the first place. Yeah, yeah, he's excellent, <laughs> and um, yeah, like I love stuff like how they've brought Grand, <coughs> Grand Admiral Thrawn into it. Um, and I like that we're kind of doing that with some of the Star Trek stuff now. My big wish is I want to see Captain Calhoun from the New Frontier <laughs> books. We've got a Brickar now, so we've established that that species exists. I feel like we're getting... In fact, you know what? Just make a New Frontier series. That would be <laughs> outstanding. But anyway, we digress. So, in the the first storyline then, the, the Mariner storyline... We meet Ensign Jet, who's been reassigned from Beta Shift, and straight away he's like the polar opposite of Boimler, and so he's rubbing up against Mariner in the wrong way because they're both. Yeah, he, he, yeah, I, yeah I'm not a psychology expert, be, but yeah, the, she expects him to be like Boimler. Yes, they're both very much alphas, and yeah. they they rub against each other, and you get like. Well, we get the sonic showers. Like, yes. We've seen little clips of the sonic shower. We saw in one of the Voyager episode, episodes, um, the Doctor disturbs Balana while she's having the Yeah, and shower. we see um, the uh, Ilea probe comes out yeah. of the sonic shower in the motion picture. But, but this, like, this shocked, this, well, no, it didn't shock me. It surprised me that they had, a communal, that mm. they had communal showers. Yeah. Like, it, it reminded me very much of Starship Troopers. Starship and Battlestar Galactica, they had. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot more militaristic than we usually see. Yeah. And I think maybe that's a commentary on the lower decks because we've seen that they have bunks where they're basically in a corridor and there's bunks and... Yeah. So well, that goes back to, like, some of the things where it's been be mentioned about um, Kirk on his first posting was a small ship and he was literally um, shoved under a set of stairs almost like a cubby yes. hole. Was, yeah, and it exactly. was a shared quarters was the cubby hole. Yeah. 
So I think it's a little bit of that, and it's also a little bit like you probably won't get this on the Enterprise D. Everyone would have had their own room with their own shower, but well, th- this isn't like, the flagship, so... Yeah, like, it's interesting, because I'd be interested to know what the actual dimensions of the Cerritos is, and what its crew complement is, because there probably is enough room for everyone to have their own quarters. Yeah, the saucer looks like... Like it's the same size as a Galaxy class or of a Nebula class. It, yeah. it looks like that saucer and then a variation on the rest of it. So, I don't know. Like, like the, the day could hold probably ten times as many people as what it, it actually yeah. did. Well, yeah, because they had arboretums and schools. And, yeah. all, and we know that the Cerritos is pissing him out with its dolphin corner or whatever it is. So, <laughs> Well... Well, that's something that the, the Enterprise they had a had um, the um, what is it, Citatious Ops? Yeah. But it was it's something that's sort of only seen on a couple of little lacars well, occasionally. That, that's the thing, but if I run the Enterprise D and I had my own sonic shower and my own quarters, I wouldn't be so bothered about I'm having an ocean section, but if I'm on the yeah. Cerritos and I'm having to sleep in a corridor and I'm having to go in a communal shower, I'm not so happy about it, you know. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's a funny scene, and it's funny how they blur out the nudity. Yeah, and, well, and, they make it that it's the sound waves that are blurring it, yeah. don't they? Yeah, and it, it's good how Which it's, I think is quite clever. It's it's equal opportunity blurring as well, so the men's nipples get blurred out as well as yeah. the women's nipples, so at least we're being, we're being equal. And obviously you've got this where they're one-upping each other and everything, and yeah. it just goes crazy. I like, I like it a bit more powerful. <laughs> well, so do I. Well, I like it... This power, well, why don't we go full hog and the, the bleeding out? Yeah, the everyone's <laughs> teeth rattling and they have to do a runner, yeah. <laughs> um, so the main plot then is that we've got a collector who's died and obviously we've met a collector before in the most toys. And there's a good joke about that. It's like, was he the one who collected data? Oh, they all tried to collect data, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, that's interesting. Like, obviously, we met one collector, but it makes sense that there'd be loads of different ones and that well, they'd all be in conflict well, we actually with met, each other. we actually met two collectors, didn't we, in the most toys? True, yes. Because his, his mate came over and there was all this, my collection's better than yours. And yeah, very true. No, mine's better than yours. And, <laughs> and that's what we get here, really, isn't it? It's You've got this yeah. guy who... One of them's died, but he's like, well, I want you to make sure it's safe first. I don't want to go in there in case he's booby-trapped it and all this. <laughs> and I love that the captain is, oh, of course, you know, where Starfleet will do this for you. Because at the minute she's... And this seems to be a bit of a running thread so far that she's trying to impress people. She's having a her assessment to whether she gets a bigger ship or not. Yeah. And I don't know whether this is the end of it because it's implied that she's had feedback that she micromanages too much. And is that the end of it? Has she not got it? Or is this going to come back in later well, episodes? I, I've got a feeling that she's not got it. That she's mm. her assessment has come back that she micromanages people, it, so she's trying to be better for her next before her next assessment. It just which seems... I assume, which I assume she, they have probably annual assessments, a bit like yeah. most jobs do. It just seems weird though that they mentioned this last week, and then we follow up on What's it this that? week. Oh, no, so if we were gonna, if we were gonna do a running thread of the. 
the possible upgrade to a new ship. It just seems weird that we've only done it across two episodes and not made a huge thing of it. So I'm wondering if this might be an ongoing thing and that we'll come back to it and it's not all done and dusted, but we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, um, I don't know. I think the upgrades are all done to the ship. But whether she gets... Because, I mean, whether yeah, she gets I, sent somewhere else, whether she gets a better ship or not. Well, the thing is, if you take, if she does get a better ship, mm. you take out that dynamic between Mariner and her... Yeah, you is, do, but it'd be interesting to see how Mariner does with a different captain. So, I, you know, I don't know. True. And especially depending on who it is, like if they brought Jellico on or something for, <laughs> for a week, that'd be interesting. Um... So, in the collector's thing, and there's no way we're going to cover all the Easter eggs here, because there's so many. There's there's all sorts. But, there's all the different weapons. Yeah. There's the uh, probe from the inner lights. I didn't spot that. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a Mars probe. There's a well, salt. The, uh, that's a Mars, Mars probe. Yeah. There's the salt uh, vampire. There's cans, necklace. Yeah, uh, which was disintegrated. Yeah, that's a good point. It must be a knockoff then. He's been yeah. he's been conned. He he's probably duped. <laughs> he probably bought it off a Ferengi or something. It was <laughs> oh, this is the real one. And yeah, there's the game from the episode, the game, uh, which Mariner a, picks up a, and plays around with. Board, yeah, which I, I assume will be the one from Voyager. Like, I got the impression that's a Delta Quadrant game. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, this, yeah. Because I don't think there's been any other reference to it in other Star Trek, so. No, I don't think so. So, yeah, this episode's got a lot of little Easter eggs, so it's great. Um, It has, and, like, it obviously has the other Easter egg, which is why we're doing the second episode. Yeah, which is what we can only assume is the skeletal remains of Spock 2 from the Infinite Vulcan. Uh, which we are going to cover in the second half of this episode. And, yeah, so we meet Kayshon then, and he's the first Temerian in Starfleet. I like that he's got his ceremonial sash like Warfab, but he's gone one better. He's even got a dagger in there. Well, we did say that the dagger was ceremonial, though, didn't yeah. we? So no, I yeah. have no problem with him having the dagger. No, I don't. I think it's a nice touch that the the showing that different cultures have different yeah. things. And <clears throat> back on the Titan then, and this is another one that I wonder if this is going to be an ongoing thing. The Titans battling Packleds, which obviously we we had a battle with at the end of season one. But Riker... Yeah, and we caught a little bit of them fighting again with the Titan at the end of yeah. last episode. And Riker says, I, I think someone else is pulling the strings behind the Packleds. Yeah. So again, I wonder if this is going to be an ongoing thread, and that we might find out who or what is behind the pack leads. Yeah, it did seem like there's going to be more to it, didn't it? Definitely. Yeah, and I love how Riker's got his foot up on the captain's chair on the bridge. Which <laughs> obviously one of Riker's mannerisms, but that that's really good. <laughs> Uh, there's some good banter as well when they're they're beaming down to the planet and there's Kayshon and. Um, Ensign Jet sort of says about the the beast at Tanagra. And, uh, Mariner says, "Yeah, the sucker up at Tanagra." 
and then but there but that that's it again isn't it it's it's metaphors from the TNG episode. Yeah, it's ones that we and already and, know, yeah. And, and yeah, okay, maybe throw one in, maybe throw two in as a fan service, but not every single one of them. Yeah. It, and, have, and not doing anything new. It, it, it did, it felt too much. And Yeah, Damak and, and Shalad. And, and, it, and it disappointed me. Yeah, Damak and Shalad can't be the only Temerian story, otherwise they're really yeah. going to struggle when they're trying to cite metaphors. If it's not two people meeting up to overcome adversity, they're a bit stuck. You know, they need yeah. different stories. Um, the On the Titan as well, I like the security guy who sounds like Jason Statham, who's just like, right, yeah, we'll go down here. I think he's really <laughs> cool. Um Back with the collector guy, he's on about stealing Rutherford. He's like, oh, that's a good implant. And yeah, oh, you, uh, you're you're cybernetic. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. There's only been a few of us in Starfleet. Oh, yeah. He's thinking about that. You've obviously got to watch yourself around collectors if you've got anything new or interesting. And other couple of other things I noticed. They've got Chateau Picard wine. Yeah. And they've also got the Betazoid gift box that was played by Armin Shimmerman in Haven. So right. some really good, like... It's just all sorts. These yeah. are absolutely all sorts. But something we've not seen before, but is introduced in this episode, is Kalis's fornication helmet. <laughs> like, that's just so... Now, well, this... I, I, I thought this is so apt, because, like... We've seen it where the Klingons are meant to be very rough when they're having sex. Yes, and all yes. That. And all that. So it makes sense to protect your head from injuries. Yeah, it would do. things go on. And yeah, I can, I can imagine Klingons having <laughs> ceremonial sex yeah. headwear, which is... Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's put do. our armour on for sex. Yep. <laughs> Maybe it's for when they, they do it with non-Klingons, you know, it's for, for that, it's like, you know, ribbed for her protection sort of thing. So. <laughs> and Keishon gets turned into a puppet, which is a bit crazy. You can you know they're going to be selling them soon. Little yeah, Keishon puppets. I, like, I was looking through and I can't find any previous Star Trek reference of someone getting turned into a puppet. No. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Certainly none that I can think of. I mean, it. And it's, I've gone through like looking at animated series, and it's that bit. It's one step sillier than what you'd probably do in a, in a live action track. Now, yeah, I, like, however, I was thinking like I was trying to think: has there been even anything similar? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, the closest would be people getting frozen in place or whatever, and a robot replacement. Yeah, like what a little girl I mean, is the, made of. The most similar thing that I can think of is that episode of Angel where Angel gets turned into a puppet. Yeah, uh, which is a great episode of Angel. Um, obviously, he's not an inanimate puppet in that. He gets to move around and stuff, and he has a detachable nose and things. So that if you've not seen. Smile Time Angel Season 5 on Disney Plus. You can probably find that since they bought Fox. Uh, that's a great episode. But yeah, it's the first time in Star Trek I can think of. And um, 
I like how Jet and Mariner are sort of ragging the puppet back and forth between them. Like, yeah, so, I'll look after it. Exactly. It's all a, a one-upmanship thing, isn't it? And eventually, though, they I like when they realise that, oh, maybe neither of us should be in charge. We're both a bit too overbearing. Yeah. And then yeah. Rutherford... Well, do you think, Tandy and Rutherford, and they come up with a solution straight away? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I like that they're getting well, something uh, to like, do. I like how uh, Mariner goes, why didn't you say something earlier? And Tandy goes... Well, we were scared to, you seem to be. <laughs> yeah, you two were sort of overpowering the conversation. There's a good yeah. bit There's a good bit earlier, though, where he proposes the safer plan and Mariner's annoyed that they're going with his plan. Like, yeah. But they're like, no, I quite like that. There's less danger if we go that way. <laughs> uh, there's some good jokes with Boimler as well, like where the Titan crew were talking about how boring the Enterprise must have been. Well, they used to have jazz quartets and they used to do this. And whereas <laughs> Boimler's like, yeah, that's what I want. You know, that's, that's what I got yeah, into then, staff But with then he from. also points out, he goes, what? They fought, they fought the Borg, they did this, yeah. they went to other dimensions. The... <laughs> yeah. And I like that in Boimler's storyline, he wins over the the other members of the crew. He's like, you didn't really join Starfleet to be fighting. What did you actually join it for? <laughs> I like the one lad who chips in and says, oh, I did it so I like beaming. <laughs> I suppose he's like, you know, you might join the Navy if you, you really like sea like travel. Sailing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm into flags, I'll join the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, the Spock Two skeleton, which we'll we'll come on to, and they get attacked by sort of space Roombas, I suppose is what they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, start. it even says they have that they're uh, keeping everything clean, but then they, they turn red. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I mean, it's really good fun. There's lots of running about and excitement and everything, and you've got the collector guy. Obviously, it turns out it's him that nicked the Kalos's sex sort helmet. Of Kal- uh, yeah, Kalos's um, fornication helmet, yeah. which has set off the alarms. <laughs> and, of course, all of this leads to the captain's realisation that I do actually... She's gone too far the other way, not being hands-on at all. And <laughs> she doesn't realise how out of hand it's got because she's like, oh, no, I'm not going to be asking for updates every I two don't... minutes. Every five minutes, so let him get on with it. Yeah, didn't work out so well, unfortunately. <laughs> um, then with Boimler, this is where we get the the Riker duplicate clone, Thomas Riker link, and he ends up beaming up, and it turns out he's he's accidentally recreated the accident that made Thomas the Riker. The thing is that the thing is that the trapped inside a, like a security shield out the. Sub- they think they're going to die. Yeah. But then he remembers what happened to Riker, how he got out of yeah. the security field, which was what cloned him. Yeah. <clears throat> and it being Boimler's luck, exactly the same thing happens again. It's good how they <laughs> how they deal with it, though, that they don't realise, what, wait, I'm the transporter duplicate, not him. <laughs> and what I love about this is that we don't know which Boimler we're actually getting back, really. Like we don't know whether no, it's it, original Boimler it, it, or it's copy Boimler or Well it's all it's all it's 
you just see the two pointers again later, don't you? That's and it. And, it. and it doesn't really matter, you know, to all intents and purposes, they're the same thing. But I like the bit where one of them steps forward and says, I'll do it. And it's, oh, I thought you were going to do the same thing. And Well, no, I thought we were just looking and smiling at each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then he decides he's going to be William Boimler instead of Bradley yeah. Boimler. And I like Riker said that's a great name. Yeah, <laughs> I like how into it Riker is, and I like that you get the impression that William Boimler's going to become really well thought of on the Titan, and he's going to move up the yeah. ranks, and he's he's yeah. really into well, Riker like, now. Riker Riker looks like he, he thinks he's great that he's got a transporter clone. He's changed his name. He played his. Uh, he puts on a Nightbird. Yes, he does. Which is, which is what he's been struggling to learn to play himself. He cracks out the Romulan. Romulan yeah, Nightbird. yeah. <laughs> so, no, he's well in now with um, with Riker. He's, uh, I hope we check in with William Boimler every like, so there often. Was some there were some really nice touches in Riker's ready room, actually. Yeah. Like how you had Picard and he had the Stargazer and stuff. Um, Riker had the Pegasus. Ah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. And stuff, and he has a... Uh, and he had jazz record vinyls on the wall and things like that. So it was. Yeah, I didn't even spot that. I think I was too busy trying to look at all the collector stuff and didn't even think to look at Riker's walls. But yeah, yeah, he had a bit of all sorts, and so yeah. it. I thought it was nice though that we got to see Riker as his own older ship, and it isn't the Enterprise D yeah. or the A. He's actually gone with the Pegasus. Yeah, a bit more history for Riker himself, aside from yeah. like what we know of him kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, back on the Cerritos then. I love that the Doctor just puts a sign like, you know, don't touch the puppet. Yeah, and this, she is, just, this, this is not a toy. <laughs> yeah, she just takes it in a stride as well, like, oh, it's not the first time. <coughs> not the first yeah. time I've fixed somebody being turned into a puppet. Um, yeah, which is what got me thinking that there must be something. There's got to be something obscure back in the Star Trek reference. Yeah. There's I, something happening, and I can't think. I can't think what it is. Maybe it's from one of the books or comics or something. Yeah. Um, if anyone knows, please yeah, let us leave know a comment if, in the group. If there's a Star Trek puppet thing going on and we've missed it somehow, we do apologise. Yeah. But, um, and then, yeah, Boimler gets back. Mariner's making him pay for it a little bit, making him go get the drinks. Well, and... well I like how he comes back and, uh, oh, what happened? And he goes, uh, transporter cloned, and Rutherford goes, ha, knew it, and Tandy has to pay yeah, up. they've had a bet on it. So how did you know that? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the sort of thing that had happened to Boimler. <laughs> it seemed like a Boimler sort of thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes you wonder how many transporter clones actually are. Well, we had that ship, didn't we, in season one where it was all the the weird accidents and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, maybe it's not as much of an isolated thing. And then, yeah, you get Kayshon hitting on the woman at the bar and Shaka when the walls fell. So, yeah, you're right. It's another Darmok yeah. one. But yeah, really, yeah, really it, good fun episode. Yeah, it'd be so easy for them to come up with something new as a metaphor. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying, use use popular culture, so Yeah. You know, who it, it's like <coughs> we know that Lower Decks loves doing fan service with all the Easter eggs. But like when if you look at the collector where we were across there, 
you just saw things and there was so much going on, but it's all little bits of fan mm. service to relating to this episode and that and that and that. But this is just blatantly. Yeah, it is. As I say, if he's sticking around, maybe they'll move beyond that a little bit and yeah. open it up a, a bit. Um, so the one that we pulled out then was Spock 2. And we decided we were going to use this as a, an excuse, a reason, a punishment, whatever you want to see, to go back and look at the animated series. And it's the first time we've covered it on Retrek. Yeah, to say that we're 116 episodes in now, and this is the first time. Yeah, exactly. And, the, you know, there's a reason for that. I mean, I don't think the animated series is bad, but I, I don't think it's incredibly memorable. It's, it is what it no, is. No, there's... It's... There's a few, there's a few, few episodes. Um, like, let's be fair. When it was first um, released, it was actually released just as Star Trek. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was never called Star Trek the animated series. It was Star Trek, and essentially, this was season four. Yeah, this is it. This is this is the last you're gonna get, and well, until the movies of the yeah. original series cast. And I do like how. I don't think it's dumbed down very much, if at all, for a, a children's audience, you know. Well, it, it's also... Uh, it's a thing of the times, isn't it? Like, you didn't... Back, like, what was this? Um, 73, 70, 74, 75? Around the time, yeah. Like, this is the first one I actually watched when it first came out. yeah. No, a bit before my time, but uh, yeah. but I do remember but, these being repeated but, on like Saturday morning kids TV and oh, stuff yeah. like that. It was repeated for it was repeated right into <coughs> God. I recorded it on video when I was in my twenties. Yeah. So it was recorded well into the nineties. Yeah, and there was a big thing about like Gene Roddenberry seemed to fluctuate on whether he considered this to be canon or not, and at first it was, then it wasn't, and it, well, now it's, it's uh, now it's canon apart from one episode, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, it's been it's gradually been sort of readopted as part of the canon, yeah. and it's I'm like, happy with that. As far as far as I'm concerned, like. I think now we look at animated shows differently, don't we? Like, you look at all the Star Wars animated stuff. Oh, yeah. And now that's canon, and now we've got Lower Decks, and that's considered canon. And yeah. I'm sure Prodigy will, so it gets awkward to say, oh, well, we'll have this animated series, but not that animated series. Yeah, I think it's because there's a lot of things in it that are quite different, and... I mean, part of it was because they were doing things that you couldn't do on a, a normal budget, like this episode that we're going to look at, the Infinite Vulcan. You've got, like, these vast underground cities, and oh, yeah. you, you wouldn't have been able to do that, and you've got, the, the like, the standing on a platform that speeds along this, this underground, like, highway, and you just couldn't do it on the budget. And then you've got other things which are very difficult to reconcile with the canon. Like, they, they had the magic belts that somehow worked as an environmental suit, and... Well, they're, they're basically a, a, a personal force field work that yeah. you could use them as a space suit, and you could swim underwater using them. Yeah, and obviously we've never had anything else like that in yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, but... And, um, 
The interesting thing about that is, like, this was made by Filmation. Oh, yeah. And if you look at a lot of um, 70s cartoons, Filmation did loads. Yeah, yeah. And they all, all have the similar styles. But also, <laughs> most of them had some form of hero, had some form of power belt. <laughs> That's true. And one of the reasons was because it's... It's cheaper. You could draw an orange line round your main character and go, that's his spacesuit, instead of redrawing yeah, him in a spacesuit. have a spacesuit. Because <laughs> Filmation, and they did do some great stuff, like they did He-Man and She-Ra. Um, interesting one. Um, do you know which uh, Filmation live-action show from the late 70s uses the music from the animated series? Oh, no idea. Jason of Star Command. Right, okay. It it never got its own uh, music score. They've just bl- they've just lifted the, the music score from well, Star Trek the animated series and put it in there. That perfectly brings me on to my point, which is that Filmation wouldn't they made some great stuff, but they were notorious for being cheap with the animation. So things like with He-Man, for example. Um, anybody who watched it in the 80s, He-Man and Prince Adam looked exactly the same. But if you watch any other version of He-Man, Prince Adam's a much scrawnier, weaker-looking yeah. character. And he gets much bigger and beefier and turns into He-Man, like, like with Shazam. And that was always the original intention, but Filmation were like, well, we're not drawing two different characters, so he's <laughs> yeah. going to look exactly the same. <laughs> And um, Orko in He-Man uh, was meant to be called something like Gordo. But if they'd have drawn a G on his tunic, you wouldn't have been able to flip the camera, to flip the frame to have him look in the opposite direction. So yeah. they made it an O so that it looked okay whichever way you did it, so they could reuse <laughs> the same. And, you know, this isn't particular to Filmation. There's numerous episodes of of the live-action Star Trek original series where they reuse footage between oh. sequences. And well, it's... well, that wasn't just um, <clears throat> Star Trek. It, that's done in no, uh, exactly. lots of shows. Like, um, Night Rider's a big one. In yeah. season one, like, you see the truck that Kit goes into yeah. pretty much every episode. The truck only appeared in six episodes, actually. Yeah, yeah. Actually, where they filmed it. The rest of it is just to filmed it and they reuse the footage over yeah, and over again. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek with so it... So that was going on from right into, well into the 80s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but Star Trek did a few where they'd get a close-up of a character and they'd just reuse that close-up throughout the episode. <laughs> so there'd be one scene where they stood in front of um, a bay of electronics and you've got all the flashy lights behind them. And you get the close-up, and then later on they're stood in a field, and you get the same close-up with the flashy lights. Yeah. And you know, you you don't notice it until someone points it out to you. Once you know to look for it, it's all you can see. But anyway, so filmation being cheap. Another thing is, and it happens a few times in this episode, where all of a sudden everybody's just a black silhouette running because they're not yeah. going to animate the running and things like these dragons that <laughs> well, attack them, they just the, use the same animation the thing is over them, and over. Them silhouettes running actually appear in numerous oh, yeah. different yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was re- reused with different backdrops. Yeah. <laughs> but 
And talking, you mentioned the music. The music, it's like, it's a rearrangement of the original series theme. It's not quite the same. It's, it's yeah. a bit weird. Uh, but on to the actual plot then. So they're going to a planet on the periphery of the galaxy and there's these weird pom-pom plants that are basically a triple with legs that's actually a plant. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Sulu gets like po- it's quite, poisoned It's quite a it. nice uh, concept that they've got in sentient plants. That yeah, are, it is. And and again, it's like, something... They've gone beyond, beyond like... We've seen uh, plants that fire weapons and, like, we have Venus flytraps, but they've gone beyond that where they've developed to be intelligent. Yeah, they're actually intelligent. And it, it is. It's broadening, <coughs> broadening Star Trek's horizons a little bit. And you can do it... In, I mean, you could do it now. It'd be CGI. But um, to do it where you can move away from the restrictions of live action to go, okay... Let's look well, at what would this be like, like if we did a living plant. Like, let's let's be honest. Any time in the original series to try to do anything that didn't look human with maybe old odd ears or eyebrows or ridges mm. looks pretty bad. Like, look at the gorn, the rubber suit. Yeah, the gorn <laughs> and the the halter, which you know, Devil in and Arena's a great episode, and Devil in the Dark's a great episode. But yeah, the. The realization of the creatures was not, not, well, not was what the, we would expect. It was expect what the budget now. allowed. Yeah, but absolutely. If you even looked at big scru- at movies at that time, it was very similar. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Unless it, you, had, it was what the technology could do. <laughs> yeah, unless you had mega, mega budget. But yeah, you're right. And so we meet the plant people, and they turn up, and they save Sulu. And we find out, it's an interesting backstory. It's like, well, humans came here and they brought a disease and it wiped us all out. And we see, like, the remnants of that where they take them under the surface and you've got, like, their ancestors that are these huge, big plant creatures, but they've they've died out. And so there's a lot yeah. of, like, background going into this episode. So it's only 25 minutes and... yeah. And Walter Keenig wrote it as well, uh, which yeah, is... Yeah, he wrote a couple of um, the animated series. Yeah, which weirdly, like, he's the only cast member who isn't in it. Yeah. Which which is odd. Um, he's Famously, there was originally the only wanted Kirk, Spock and McCoy. And I think it was Leonard Nimoy who sort of went out on a limb and said, no, you need to get everyone else as well. Yeah. Uh, but presumably he said, except for Walter, you don't need to worry about him, which yeah. is a bit um, weird. Like, like Walter Kinnog, he came in, what, in the second series? Yeah. So I wonder if at the time they didn't think of him in quite the same way as a regular. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, you know, when you think, because he's in the film, like, obviously. Now we, now we think of Walter Kinnog and Chekhov. As like a main cast member, yeah, and that's how he's looked, and exactly. that's what he is. Yeah, and it's weird. Well, maybe at the time he was sort of maybe thought, oh well, he was a late addition, and yeah, he was not. only brought in because he was young, and maybe so. Yeah, it's it's, it's a weird one. And um, then the dragon things, which are still plants, so somehow plants evolve <laughs> into dragons, um, and they attack so they can kidnap Spock, and then we get we meet the main villain. Who turns out he's a clone of a human? Why yes, is the he a gi- generation clone? Why is he a giant? Is this ever explained, or did I just miss it? 
Uh, it just goes, the oh, giant, yeah. I think the giants, so they can fight people better. Okay. It, it's, it's very strange. It's sort of like, if you're bigger, you'll be better. Yeah, but it's like... I think, I think it's a very... I think that's basically all it's saying is bigger is better. Right, it's so they can go bring order to the, the galaxy and everything. Yeah, and you've got to be bigger to do that. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one, because they just talk about, oh, yeah, he's, he's an exact clone. Well, he's not, mate. There's some uh, a little bit weird going on here. Uh, what's he called? Caniculus. And, yeah, Caniculus 5. And again, great bit of background. Like, oh, the original Caniculus was part of the eugenics wars, and he was working on the plant side of eugenics and everything. So it's yeah. a good <clears throat> it's a good pull from the Star Trek lore that we've already got. And yeah, it's an it's interesting space seed, isn't it? Yeah, and it's an interesting thing on it. And I like where they they've got the briefing room, and part of this is because we've only got twenty five minutes, so we need to move the plot along. But Kirk just goes Oh, well, obviously, he's not the original one and he's cloned himself over and over again. All right, Kirk, where did you get that from? Like, that's a good guess, but, you know, yeah. and there's just no comeback to it. No one well, goes, oh, it could well, be a different thing, Captain. I assume, to be fair, I assume it's probably quite a reasonable assumption because the Nord the Eugenics War was all about genetic manipulation yeah, yeah. and all that. So cloning is basically... Duplicating genetics, so if yes. you can alter genetics, surely you can copy them. I'm not saying it's a bad guess. I'm just saying it's it's <laughs> very quick how they get there. If this was yeah. if this was a normal length episode, we'd play around with it a little bit more, and there'd be a reveal that that is actually what it is. Yeah, but, <clears throat> but because we've only got 25 minutes, we need to just. Yeah, you've got 20 it. minutes less than a normal episode. So what, what's your idea, Kirk? Oh, well, clearly he's a clone. Yep, that'll do. Off we go. And yeah. they find this invasion fleet. And, you know, what looks like, oh, it looks like they were planning an invasion at some point. And it, it's weird, isn't it, how you get... Caniculus says, oh, I want to go out and make the galaxy a better place and, you know, bring peace. Bring peace to the galaxy. And all this. And the plant people go, oh, that was just our plan, actually. We were going to do that before you turned up yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, it's, that's, yeah, it's nice <laughs> that these people came together who had exactly the same ideas. <laughs> um, and then they, they go down to the planet and they're like, right, we'll, we'll see if we can talk the plant guys round. And they start doing that, and they're like, right, we need to run now. So they're running down this corridor. Let's run towards the light. And it just happens that <laughs> at the end of the light is this lab where they've got original Spock, which is handy. And But he's dying. And then it's like, no, we've he's got... He's dying because he's being cloned. Because he's being cloned. Because they, they can clone the body, but they need to suck his mind out and put it in yeah. the other one effectively. So fair enough. And then that's when we get Spock 2, who, <laughs> as we know now, ends up in somebody's collection in a um, hundred yeah, years' that, time. This is quite sad that the skeleton's there and what's happened, because, like, we know that Vulcans are long-lived. Yeah, because... Uh, uh, and, and there's every chance that Spock 2 should still be alive yeah, at this Spock, point. Spock 1. Time. Spock 1's still... Well, Spock, well it, Spock 1 
Um, what we know that during the time of well, he Nemesis, is still alive because we is, we haven't got this is to a the, few years after Nemesis, isn't it? Yeah, but it's before the destruction of the Romulan sun. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's lower decks before that. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, because that was because that's only like fifteen years before Picard. And Picard. No, it can't be because uh, Riker moved to the Titan after Nemesis. He moved to the Titan after Nemesis, but that's still before the well, Romulan. Because when the Romulan sun goes supernova, we of only course. see that in Star Trek 2009. So yeah. So yeah, Spock one is still still alive. He's still at alive, this point. and even when he goes back in time, he lives another few he, years. He lives to quite a few years after that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So yeah, why did Sp- yeah. I think we need to know how, now how why did, how did Spot Two die? Yeah, because it's obviously been a while as well. So he's decomposed to the point that he's just a skeleton. So yeah, yeah, what happened to Spot Two? We need to know this. And Sulu's got a plan that we're going to use intergalactic weed spray effectively, and they outfit <laughs> all the weapons with weed spray. And. <laughs> I do like, though, how they resolve... because yeah, obviously energy phases, you can just plug in a gas cartridge. <laughs> well, yeah, and one an energy phaser burner plant? Right, would that... Well, you'd have thought so. You'd have thought so. Anyway. Well, they've maybe got power belts. <laughs> maybe maybe that's it, exactly. So, I do like how, <coughs> how they resolve the problem, though, because it is very Star Trek. It's Kirk talking to Spock 2, and... yeah arguing out the logic with him. Yeah. Does it make sense to create a duplicate of someone to kill the original? Yeah. What's the Which, point of it? What's the point of it? Yeah, and it, it it's right. And Yeah, and it works. And so Spock 2 mind melds with Spock 1. No, it doesn't. It does the Vulcan mind touch. The mind touch, sorry. Yeah, That's right. what they call it in this episode. Yeah, it was still called that at this time. So it does the Vulcan well, mind touch. Well, it's funny because it was called a lot of different things through the original series. Yeah, very true. Um, and, and for some reason, they were still not decided what it was co- actually called by this episode. Yeah. So, yeah, does the Vulcan mind touch then? Maybe it's because you can't do the fuck as the mind meld. You've got to have two fingers there and one finger on the chin. And, <laughs> you know, whereas his hands are too big, so he can only go in with finger. <laughs> So that maybe that's why it's the mind touch, but so effectively both of them are now Spock, and so it's almost like Spock's had the same thing as William Boimler as well. Well, he is he's a clone, but like I say, I think we need to know what happened to Spock. Yeah, because Spock Two is going to stay with Caniculus, isn't he? To yeah. try and help the plant people repopulate the planet. So I don't Which know. Which is all very noble and good. It is. Maybe they got a bit carried away and tried, <laughs> you know, tried taking over the galaxy again and they had to sort them out. <laughs> Maybe the plant people talked Caniculus and Spock 2 round, you know, so... Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I think it's one of those that Lower Decks, by putting that skeleton there, which is obviously a reference to Spock 2, they've now created this problem of, well... How did he... What happened to him? Yeah. How did he become a skeleton? Why isn't Spock 2 still alive? Yeah. 
And I wonder if... Uh, why, why didn't he just reclone himself? Yeah, well, that's the other thing, is that might not be Spock 2, that could be Spock 3. Or Spock 4, or, you know, yeah. we don't know. Actually, it could be Spock 2 if he's recloned himself, and that was just the uh, it could empty be. body that died. Yeah, so that's it. He could have done an upgrade and made a Spock 3, so Spock 3 could be out there. Yeah, yeah. When, it, when it started to get a bit older, maybe. Yeah, don't know. Yeah, um, I, I, I think this is something that we actually need an answer we to. We do, definitely. We, we'll tweet Mike McMahon about it, like we need to know what happened to Spock 2. Um, so, Star Trek often ended in the original series with a little joke where everybody... Ah, 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 ah. And kids' TV shows often ended with a little joke, and you get, yeah. you get the confluence of that here. But it's got to be one of the lame... It's not even a joke. It makes no sense, and it's not funny. Where Sulu does some sort of fight move, and Kirk says, you'll have to teach me that, Mr. Sulu. And then he says, oh, it's not as easy as teaching you. You've got to be unscrupulous. Like, what? What? Yeah, Why do you have to be unscrupulous? But you're the most, you're the most scrupulous person I know, Mr. Sulu. Yeah, so, first of all... Why do you have to be unscrupulous to do a martial arts move? That doesn't make sense. And then secondly, why is Sulu the most scrutable person he's yeah. ever known? It it just... The, None of it made... It, yeah, it just made no sense it's whatsoever. Like, it's not your best joke, Walter Koenig, writing this it, one. Like, it's maybe, it's maybe a 70s reference and, like, I was only, what, four or five when this came out. I know I watched it originally. Yeah. But, and I've watched it a lot since, but it's maybe an obscure 70s reference that we just don't get because we're not old enough. Maybe. I mean, I'm just Googling it now. Um, so it doesn't say if it had any other so having or showing no moral principles not honest or fair so yeah okay so Sulu is scrupulous I suppose in that he's the opposite of all of that but I don't see why that means you need I'm just seeing if there's any like slang meaning of it like you say that's from the yeah. 70s that we've missed but I, I don't think yeah, there it, is. It is. It's just really. It's a really strange one. It's, yeah. It's and then to top it all off, Sulu winks at the camera at the end, which is just yeah. weird. Um. But you know what? Overall, I don't think it's a bad little story. I mean, it's silly. It it, the fact that the giant bad, is silly. It's not a bad little story. It's it's very much a nineteen seventies cartoon story. Yes, it is. Definitely. But, I mean, it, it is, it's still got the essence of Star Trek in it. And yeah. it does have some deep dives into continuity with the, um, you know, the eugenics wars and things like that. And it explores yeah. some interesting ideas. It, like, to be fair, if you look at um, what gets put out now, cartoon-wise, this is so much deeper. Oh, yeah. Of, it was... Of, I'd, like, I know there's a lot of animated shows that are aimed at a more adult audience and an older audience, but this was aimed at young kids. Yeah, there's nothing that seems to 
straddle that middle ground anymore. It's either you really kiddified like Paw Patrol or yeah. your adult-oriented animation, whereas you used to get stuff like this, and I'm not saying everything, but things like Ulysses 31 and Mysterious Cities of Gold. Yeah. You know, they, they had some quite complex storytelling and... It asked quite a lot of kids to keep a track of it, but um, I mean, my opinion, I think that's better because I, kids enjoy stuff when they're not being talked down to. They would rather have something that they have to follow yeah. and think about than. Like, like I, w- I was telling you before we came on, I've, I've been watching a show this last week that I watched when I was a kid, um, Starfleet, and it's nothing to do with Star Trek. Even though it's called Starfleet, puppet show from the eight, well, nineteen eighty. Yeah, but it was it explored very adult themes, and you mm. had um, people getting killed, and yeah. how they explored, how they missed them, and <coughs> people betraying them, and well, yeah, like mysterious cities of gold. Like I, I rewatched it recently, so I remembered loving it as a kid, and then they finally brought it out on DVD a few years ago, and. One of the episodes, they get trapped on the Galapagos Islands, and the whole episode is them, like, using planks off the boat that's washed ashore to tip the turtles upside down so they can eat them. And that's 25 minutes of kids' cartoon in the 80s, you know. (laughs) Crazy stuff. Anyway, I think that about does us for The Infinite Vulcan then, so we'll be back next week to talk about episode three of Lower Decks. And also, uh, whatever. I don't know what it's called yet. I don't either, and whatever rabbit hole um, that leads us down. Uh, so. You don't know what we might put on with it. <laughs> absolutely. It could be absolutely anything. Going by this episode, I mean, last week, I'd have said the chances of us talking about Spock 2 and the mystery of his untimely demise would have been very low, but that's what Lower Dex is giving us, is these deep cuts. Yeah. So. Well, it. We know Lower Decks is full of Easter eggs, so... Like, I think that the obvious ones would would have either done Demok or The Most Toys or... Second Chances. Sorry. Second Chances. Second Chances. Yeah, and they were the obvious choices, but... It was. It was nice to look back at an animated yeah, series exactly. episode for a change. And we know we've got a, a Ben episode coming up whenever we get to that episode we glimpsed in the teaser, so that might even be next week. Yeah, anyway. and like, we might decide that it's not worth looking at the Ben episode from TAS because it might literally just be literally what we saw in the teaser. It might be. But, but, I mean, we've done we that might this decide week. we want to talk about Ben. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Um, so if you want to get in touch in the meantime, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod. You can email us RetrekPod at gmail.com or come and join us on the Facebook group. Um, thanks for trekking with us this time and we'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye.